All right, you ready to rumble? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. Uh, oh, let me run that back. <clears throat> idiot, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop crying. You're like a baby. 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 Wow, I I just like tossed that to you underhand right there with the baby. Yeah, well. You know what time it is. It's time to start. much with that thing that's that's dangerous in the hands of in your hands baby <laughs> <laughs> i get fucked what's up everyone welcome to the podcast a show dedicated to talking about all the poggers things in life like video games content creation music with a heavy focus on the first person shooter escape from tarkov i'm one of your co-hosts jesse kazam a twitch streamer youtuber all around tarkov content creator and I'm Veritas, the only content creator alive who is simultaneously a boomer, a zoomer, and a quarantine. God, I need to come up with cooler intros, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you'll get it. You'll get it. One day. I'll get there. All right. So I think we're going to start off, as usual, with uh, an update on the current state of the game. You know, uh, things, that are, things that are happening right now, things that are coming up in the future. Uh, how has how, uh, the last week been treating you on Tarkov land? The last week has been has been good. Um, so it was interesting. I believe it was this morning or maybe yesterday that the devs actually posted um, everywhere on Twitter and on Reddit and stuff like that, kind of their state of the game, where they were talking about how the team has moved to working from home and uh, a little bit of what's to come. I think the first thing, which I'd love to get your thoughts on, because I know you play a lot. The first thing is there a small update. Coming, they didn't really give when, but 12.4.2, which here in the state of the game thing says, which will contain several major freezes and stuttering fixes. Um, so that's really all that they're giving us for 12.4.2. For me, it has been, I mean, I've been saying in my chat for like since uh, even before 12.4 came out, but especially since 12.4, that it's felt like the end of 11.7, like the major two, three, four second stutters. It's been rough. Yeah, no, it's been, it's, I mean, it, it it's even like percolated out to the menus. Like before it was yeah. never this bad where I'm going to like, just go to click on an item and like it freezes and I end up like clicking on the wrong thing. I, I almost deleted my goddamn thick item case the other day Oh because my God. I went to go do something and then like, you know, your mouse is moving over over something and then the game freezes and but your mouse is still moving and yeah it was uh it was rough um i definitely think it's the worst personally for me that it's ever been um i've been trying to figure out if uh just because i have a, a i don't want to say i have experience with this but i have written enough software that has mm -hmm. a user interface that deals with things like multi-threading and memory management and whatever that that ends up um impacting the the performance of the UI and, you know, you'll end up with, I mean, you know, even just like scrolling a list on a phone, you can end up with the yeah. same kind of stutters, um, hmm. in for a lot of different reasons. And, um, so I'm always curious if there's any, ever any overlap between, you know, the, the causes that I'm super familiar with and yeah. something like, you know, a game running in, you know, unity. Um, but, uh, that is super interesting. And I definitely agree. It's definitely, 
traveled out into the menus as well. I feel like it used to be back then it was you had the move errors, which I feel like I don't get really anymore. Every once in a while I get one, but it's not like they used to be. But I have gotten now that you mention it constantly where I like go to drag an item and then where it was and where I left it, it's got like a semi-transparent picture of it. And then I can't select anything else and I have to go back to the main menu and then go back in. Oh yeah. That that's, happens that's totally every single time. Too. That's different. Yeah, I don't think that has anything to do with the stutters. I think. Well, I mean, who knows if there's some yeah, overlap there? But it's but that's that's different than like if I'm moving my mouse from left to right. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. my like my my hand is moving, but the cursor isn't moving. It's not moving. And it's not moving. And all of a sudden, it like, uh, you know, it's it's almost like it's indistinguishable from if the sensor on your mouse was broken. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's super annoying in the menus, especially when like yeah. I'm one of those people that hates the menus because I I just want to play the game and cumbersome yeah. annoying user experience is something that's super frustrating to me um, yeah so i already have to click eight billion times to go back and go forward and go back and click another thing and go back and go forward and right click and then scroll down yep. and click and then so that when all of that's interrupted by constant uh stutters it's yeah it's super frustrating uh, yeah. i actually talked to nikita earlier today i was just sending him some messages asking him like hey do you like they've been they've been getting really bad and I actually didn't hear about this message uh or about the the update 1242 um that, mm. so that's I guess a really good thing but I basically asked him and I had some theories um about what you know what he said and he you know he gave me uh, a few a few pieces of information but um in general I my understanding of the things that he said and the things that I've experienced are they're I feel like there's kind of like four or five different major causes. Okay. Um, one of the things uh, that is super common, at least in mobile development, which is like my specialty. Um, yeah. It, it's, and it's, this is something that like is kind of a newbie mistake. Um, but and so I can't say if this has anything to do with the game. Yeah. But um, in software, in a multi-threaded environment, you know, you have like all these different processors that can do things in parallel. Um, so, mm. All those things are done on threads is what they call them. Uh, typically, there's one thread that handles the UI, and that is, uh, it's refreshed literally like with the, your frame rate, like the refresh rate. Um, that's oh, okay. like the run loop of the game, basically. It, it should be updating the UI at a fairly consistent rate. And then there are all sorts of other things that are going on in the background, like you know hit detection and networking and all that stuff. You can't do that on the main thread because... Even milliseconds, you know, tens or or hundreds mm -hmm. of milliseconds, you're going to notice, right? Um, I mean, this is exactly kind of what we we feel. If all, all of a sudden three or four hundred milliseconds um, of like a stutter, you'll feel that in a game yeah. um, or in the menus. So, the the kind of thing that we experience in the menus would could easily be not replicated, but you would have the same exact feeling and results. So, I I don't know if it's the same cause. Um, but if you were to like go and send a request to the server to say, hey, you know, refresh, you know, the the vendor items, um, oh. it, maybe you know that can be done regularly, or it can be done when you click, or you know, I, I randomly, I, I don't know how how yeah. the uh, maybe the server you know pushes that information and then you know it pings the client, the client requests it yeah. after that. But if that request happens on the main thread, you know, a, a typical request to get information, I mean, the best example of it is a Google request when you type in a google search mm. it's literally just sending a get request to google servers with a parameter that is like q equals with the thing you typed in um, okay that's like what the game will do to fetch data from a server um 
you know, like for the, for the menu or things like, you know, where you get the move error. Those are just you yep. know, requests that are failing. If that's happening on the main thread, then what happens is the main thread is going, okay, I need to, you know, update, update, update every, you know, let's say it's 60 times a second. All of a sudden it's going to say update. Oh, okay. Now I need to send a request, sending a request, sending a request. Now at, during this period, the UI is frozen. It is not doing anything while the request goes out. The request gets processed by the server. The server sends it back. Then it processes it and then says, okay, now go. And then all of a sudden everything kind of catches up. Um, <laughs> yep. So that's like a wicked amateur thing. And you'd actually get like warnings in the console, um, at least on like, you know, Android and iOS apps. If you're, if you're fucking with the main thread on, or, or sorry, if you're messing with the UI on a background thread or you're, uh, you're doing like long running tasks on the main thread. Um, so that could be it. Um, there's lots of talks about, um, you know, memory leaks. There's, I mean, there's definitely issues with memory leaks. Yeah, um, which is basically uh, in a nutshell, it's every time you want to show anything on the screen, the program needs to like allocate memory from the computer to say, OK, I need to, you know, all these bits and bytes. Yeah. I need to I need to take them operating system. Can I have some bits and bytes, please, to show this, <laughs> you know, this uh, this yeah. bandage on the shelf? Um, now, if when you walk away, the you know, the bandage that's on the shelf in the room, um, you know, 100 feet away from you at that point, you turn your back to it. Typically, what happens is the game will will stop displaying that object. Um, yeah. And what happens is that memory needs to be freed up so that it can be used later on. Um, it's basically just a big recycling process. Yeah. Uh, now, it's, there are all sorts of issues that could prevent that memory from getting freed up. So, the I don't know if it's like within a session or if it's within like a patch where you load in and there's like tons of characters and all those characters have all sorts of different items um, and all those items then get loaded in and then people die. But they're like the stuff all over the map from all of the crates that you're opening up and every single yeah. player is opening up a crate and it's possible that that memory isn't getting freed up. And that's kind of uh, that's leading to uh, over time, the, the game kind of starving uh, starving your memory, which Interesting. Is, is why some people say if you restart your game, it'll make it better. I'm skeptical of that because I'll start the game up and the first raid, I'll run into issues. Yeah, so I was just going to ask that. Is that why people say restart your game? Because that kind of makes sense, but that only makes sense if that specific thing you just talked about is the issue, which it's hard for us to determine yeah, if it is. Exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> that's entirely possible. And then, you know, there's... I, when I was playing, I was doing with uh, with Landmark yesterday, and one of the things that um that we, I was saying was like, hey, every time I stuttered, I was like, hey, did you stutter? And he'll be like, oh. no. And I'll be like, hmm. So that makes me think it's client side, which would be like yeah. memory related. Um, then there were times where all of a sudden he would be frozen for a couple of seconds, like running in place, and then he would catch up, and I'd be like, whoa, did you just stutter? And I'd be like, yeah, dude, I just locked up. And I'm like, okay, that's fucking crazy. So maybe you know, maybe that that was his client having yep. an issue and then all of a sudden i'm like whoa i just locked up and he's like yeah so did i so that could be the scav spawning in yeah because um you know that's coming that's like a global kind of server side thing that yeah you know, or everybody not necessarily server side i guess but like it's a raid wide event that happens at yeah. the same time so that's a whole bunch of memory that then needs to get allocated for all these new characters and all their objects and all that stuff um so yeah who knows, but... Yeah, um, so it's probably a combination of all the potential things, which is why, I mean, well, I, and, and I guess that's, I'm excited that, I'm excited to see what 12.4.2 does, because it seems like that's exclusively what it's there for, you know, uh, 
fixes containing fixtures surrounded around the freezes and stuttering fixes, which I guess kind of goes into because they talked a little bit about 12.5 and beyond. And uh, this kind of goes back to what they said. I'm not exactly sure when they said it, but it felt like it was around the beginning of the year where they talked about that they wanted to transition to a patch system that was there was some sort of patch every single month. And uh, I believe if I remember correctly, he mentioned something around wanting to almost alternate a content patch, then an optimization patch, then a content patch, which at least for me with absolutely no development experience makes sense uh, because trying to do them both at the same time. Once again, from my perspective, trying to do them both at the same time, obviously you're always bug fixing, but is... You know what I mean? There's so much... We've talked about this before about like letting the community, letting the workforce of the however many hundreds of thousands of people playing kind of do that work for you and bug, find the bugs so you can fix the bugs. And it seems like they've kept up with that. They've talked about... uh, You know, They said right after 12.4.2, we plan to prepare and release update 12.5, which will contain the quick healing feature where you can, I guess, do that via therapist. Post-effect settings, sharpness, color grading settings, which is interesting. Uh, optic rendering optimizations, which I want to talk about, various bug fixes, quality of life improvements, such as the dependence of mouse sensitivity on the magnification of scope. So there's a lot there, but I think it's, I'm excited at the fact that it seems like so far they've been giving fairly regular updates. It felt like there was a desert there, the, the whole back end of 11.7 while we waited for 0.12, where there wasn't really much of anything other than maybe shadow patches. So I like that we're getting stuff a little bit more often. Yeah, I mean, what what we saw is a super common to get back into like software land. Mm-hmm. It's a super common thing where you know if if you want to if you have to like refactor a bunch of tech debt, you're gonna need like it's the equivalent of you are redoing your foundation of your house. So it's like mm-hmm. you go, it's gonna take a while because you gotta put up like let's put up some you know, braces and make sure the whole thing doesn't crumble. And it's going to yeah. be a bit like, we're not even going to be able to get in the house for a while because, you know, we got to dig out everything and rebuild it from sort of the ground up while maintaining this facade on top. That's kind of yeah. like what they did where they redid the whole engine. Um, so there, there's really not much you can do. If you kind of just need to do that, you're basically ripping off the bandaid. You're like, you know what? Fuck it. We're yeah. not. The, the biggest obstacle there is that there's always, either users or like people on the board of directors or, or investors or whoever or who are like we need these things now we need these things now yeah. and the developers are always like can you just give us a month to fix yep. because like the basement has been flooded with 20 feet of water <laughs> forever and every time i want to go do something i have to put on a snorkel and my flippers yeah. you know whereas <laughs> you know if, if you wanted to have something else done and the basement was fresh and new i'd walk down there and grab it and walk you know what i mean like yeah. So I've always, I've always, well, not always. So this is really the first early access game that I've dove into, early access beta, whatever you want to call it. And man, have I thought about that a lot of just like the blessing and the curse it is. It's like, you know what I mean? There's no way, you know what I mean, that Escape from Tarkov is what it is without them have releasing it early and allowing people to purchase it. You know what I mean? They've, yeah. uh, you know, Nikita said upwards of 200,000 concurrent players back when the drops event was going on. That's a lot of copies of the game, and that's a good thing. But the curse of like having, yeah, deadlines, needing to get stuff done, getting stuff broken, having to keep a live build while trying to fix this stuff, a board of directors saying, hey, you know, we need to do this thing. Like, you know, people always like kind of 
hate on them when they, you know, put the game on sale. And I'm not here to say that every time they've done it was a good idea, but it's like, you know, all those developers that they're hiring, they've got to pay them, right? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's this, it's that balance. So I'm sure that that's a, that's a hard, hard place to be. Yeah. And, and what they're doing now is, is a good place to be in because what ends up happening, and it's more, the more of a modern way of doing uh, software development because more, more agile, um, because yeah. what you're able to do is you are packaging a, a, a bunch of much smaller, lower risk things. So every mm -hmm. change, the changes come out more frequently and they're yeah. smaller and you're introducing less risk every time you do it. Yeah. And typically the, the, the only, uh, the only downside to that is that you're releasing more often. So if you have a, like a really cumbersome or inefficient release process, then it's like, oh, you'll spend a week getting a release ready. And then it's like, we have another release and the other, the last week's really, you know, like if you, if you release every yeah. day, and it takes a day to get a release out, you'll never fucking get anything done, right? But if you exactly. release every four months, well, then you're going to have four months worth of work that are then going to be like, okay, now we have our release candidate with four months worth of work all combined together finally now here at the end. Let's test it. Oh, shit, it's all broken. It's going to take a month to fix as opposed yeah. to I've only put in seven lines of code. Like I actually literally just submitted an application for my, my main job. Um, I just submitted an update to the App Store and I had... I don't even want to say it was two lines of code because I moved two lines of code up two lines and we submitted to the app store and it's going to take like three days to get the app out there. But it was because there was a bug and it just something yeah. needed to happen before this other line of code, um, you know, so it, it, as long as their process around implementing a feature, yeah. making sure that it making sure that it works and that there aren't any bugs and then deploying that to a production build. Um, as long as that's like lightweight, then there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do these these much smaller, more reasonable things, um, you know, much more frequently. Yeah, which uh, which is good. And and yeah, it makes sense. It's all about what what their workflow is and then how do they find the balance of timing. Yeah, um, which is cool. I know Star Citizen did a similar thing and that, that community is really excited about it. Um, and it took... And it was a similar thing where it took a few months to like get... The uh, like work out the kinks of like okay maybe we need to shift our timing and our expectations but it yep. seems like it's uh, it's in a good spot now so some of those things though the uh, do, do you have any idea what they mean when they say the two things I'm interested in are some optics rendering optimizations I'm assuming that's talking about the stutters that can happen when you scope in because it's re-rendering map. Yeah, it's rendering okay. it's rendering the world twice effectively. Yeah. So that's why you get frame your frames just tank. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming that uh, maybe they're getting rid of the picture in picture uh, or doing something a little bit better. I'm not really sure, but uh, interesting because I like that. the concept. I like the way it is where you get your peripheral vision still. Um, yeah, for sure. Interesting. And then quality of life improvements such as the dependence of mouse sensitivity on the magnification of optics. I've read that sentence a lot of times and I'm not 100% sure I know what it's talking about. What, yeah, what do you so um, this was an issue that was, it was introduced, I don't even remember, 11 point something maybe or 10 point something, I forget. But um, do you remember when they first came out with the Voodoo and the Burris full field for you? Mm -hmm. um, like everybody was using them. Everybody loved them. Um, yeah. And then at some point, everybody stopped using them because they yeah. released a patch where when you were like 1x scoped in, it was like your DPI, it felt as if your DPI got cut by 98%. You, 
You just have yeah. to like scroll, 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 scroll. Like you, it was <laughs> so slow. And then you'd go to, you know, the 6X mode and it felt reasonable. There's no yeah. way to make it feel good. Well, so they, that was broken for a long time and I didn't use those scopes forever. Um, now, it's, it wasn't bad on the Valde for me ever, but it was yeah. the Burris Full Field and the, um, the Voodoo. Now, they, a, a couple of months ago, they did something and it instantly felt like 95% better. It still was a little tiny bit slow, but I just got used to it. So now that they feel fine to me, but then I get asked a hundred times a day, Hey dude, why, uh, what, what do you do? Like, how do you handle the, the completely broken sensitivity of the one X? I'm like, oh, they fixed that it's fine for me. And then some people are like, I can't use it. So I don't know what the deal is. Some, it's apparently still an issue for some people. Um, not for me. So I hope that they fix it and it doesn't fuck it up for me. And I hope it yeah. you know, is good for everybody else. It's like getting better. Everybody loves that. Just don't make it worse. <laughs> yep. Um, cool. And then so they talked a little bit about further development of the project is divided into patches 12.6, 12.7. Um, they said 12.6 will also have some bug fixes, but it will have new content. Now, I remember from the most recent, one of the most recent podcasts, they talked about some of the content that they want to add in, um, if I remember correctly, is adding the caliber of the 45 ACP with potentially the 1911 and the vector. Yep. Which uh, I'm, I, it's it's one of those things where I'm excited about it. I don't know how it's gonna, I guess, like change the game, but that seems to be like a caliber that is common enough that should be in the game. So I guess I'm excited. Yeah, That's just cool. as long as uh, just as long as it's not another nine mil. Yeah. Um, you know, like with the MP7, the P90, like those calibers, because of their fire rate and the stats on the bullets, are yeah. they're in my opinion, like just viable. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying. It, it's one of those things like if if you fully deck out an NPX, for example, with AP ammo, I mean, sure, it, it, that can be a great <laughs> gun for sure, right? But at the same yeah, time, yeah, yeah. you're going to spend 300K on a gun that, yeah. that when you compare it to of uh, an AK-74 or an AKM or a VAL or the P90 or the MP7, it just simply doesn't compete in terms of uh, like the penetrating time to kill. So yep. that's why you just don't see them unless someone's memeing or they're just trying to mess around. They're yeah. just not viable because it can't get damage through armor fast yeah. enough. Um, yeah, it can't be like a consistent, consistently used weapon. For, yeah, for that reason, exactly. Like you can you can meme it and you can have fun with it and you can be effective with it. But like, if you use that over a hundred raids versus, especially when you when you, we think about the the VSS and the Val and where they are and where SP five is, like, there's just no way you're not going to spend less money and have better performance out of something like that. And that's even where I struggle with running like the MP seven. The MP seven itself isn't that expensive, but like, I feel like the only viable am I haven't looked at the numbers in a while, so I could be wrong, but like. I uh, I the only ammo I run is the APX, and it's so expensive that every time I run it, it's like you fill eight mags, and you're like, man, I could just have a a VSS with yeah. There's um twelve third twelve twenty rounders and just call it good. I I just recently had uh, the same. I don't want to say epiphany because I haven't tested it a ton, but I messed around with it a little bit, and there is effectively an SP five sort of equivalent. Um, in MP7 land. I don't remember if it's FMJ or subsonic. I think it might be FMJ. Um, 
I'd have to look at the stats again, but it's like something that... So FMJ has 30 pen. It does 43 damage. Um, it's got a 20% frag chance. So I think that it's... I think that FMJ is just like limitless and really cheap. Yep. So, I mean, you know, 30 pen isn't great, but coming out of, uh, you know, coming out of the gun pretty quickly and, you know, especially if it costs like next to nothing, yep. um, that's basically like the same sort of, uh, you know, um, give and take that you're, you're accepting when you take SP5 on the Val. Yeah. Um, considering that AP is like 930 rounds, uh, uh, rubles per round, um, you know, you're, or at least last time I checked, it was that much. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you're getting up there, so you know if you can spend like 150 or 200 rubles around or something, that might very well be be worth it. So worth mm, worth I'll, looking into. I'll have, yeah, I'll de definitely worth looking into. I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, but yeah, so so some exciting things coming. I think uh, I'm excited for how the game is being developed and um, excited for the future. And speaking of the future, we've got uh, a new segment uh, that we are just kind of like at least for now calling dubbing theory crafting. I think Escape from Tarkov is one of the games, personally for me, that has some of the absolute most uh, potential out there. I mean, I have invested more time into this game already than any other game, and I love to kind of dream up about uh, what this game could be. And it's fun because I know that the devs like to do that too. A lot of the podcasts, Nikita will just end up going on and on about some of the crazy and fun ideas that they have. But I think the uh, the subject that we wanted to bring up this time is could. And I guess should Tarkov ever be open world? I'd love to hear your thoughts. I know that the open world talks go way back to even before I was playing the game because as soon as I picked up the game and started diving into it, I had heard you know that like oh one day open world, one day open world. So I'm not sure how far back that goes, and because it goes that far back, I'm sure a lot of things have been said. We can't really take everything that's been said ever from a dev as like this is going to happen. But I'm interested to hear hear your thoughts on if Tarkov could ever be an open world game. Um, yeah. So I know that I've heard tons of mixed signals, mixed answers straight from basically Nikita himself. Around, mm. um, he says it's you know he has said explicitly said that yes, eventually it will be open world, but. I get the impression at other times that that's like three years from now, like which in like terms of video game times is like, is, is this game still going to exist? Yeah. Um, you know, like three years yeah, is, is a, a long fucking time. long time, my man. So I, I don't know that that's enough time for, you know, like riot games to come out with a looter shooter or something, you know, like, yeah, seriously. Now I will say we are definitely to that effect. We're definitely, I feel, blazing a new trail in in video game land where that could be a possibility. I mean, you look at I brought it up earlier. You look at a game like Star Citizen that has a strong and devoted player base. Obviously, not you know we're not talking a hundred thousand concurrent players or anything, but that game has been playable for like five years and they're at least three or four years away from launching that game. Yeah. And in the past two, I think I saw a chart in the past. Don't quote me on it, but the, the sentiment, but I'm pretty sure I saw a chart on the Reddit because I have the game. Wrong. And I, don't fuck this up. <laughs> um, that the past two months, uh, they raised more money than any other two months in their existence. So Jesus. it's not even that they raised $100 million off the bat and then they've been spending that money. 
It's that they raised $100 million in their first few months. They just hit the $400 million milestone and $50 million of that came in the past two months. Or something, some version of that. So it's pretty, it's pretty wild to think that there are people... Now, I know Star Citizen is super easy to meme on. And I'm not saying that you can directly compare apples to apples with Tarkov. But it just seems like in the gaming space, we are kind of in this new new era where we will play games for really long times and we'll wait for them for really yeah. long times as well. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's conceivable. I mean, at the end of the day, I have no idea if they will. Um, but I guess in... It, it's worth discussing of if mm-hmm. they can slash if they should. Uh, yeah. Now, the can part of it is um, it's one of those things. If if they wanted to, they could. Uh, it all just takes time and resources and expertise yeah. that who knows if they have want, desire, or whatever. So let's just mm-hmm. assume that they have the resources. Um, yes. If they had the resources, what what would the game sort of be like? Um, so for for me... I've I've envisioned it uh, a few different a few different ways like a few uh, different games, but let's just say you are let's just say you're starting on customs or shoreline or whatever. I, I don't like I said I don't know if if like you'd have a fucking bunker that you'd yeah. crawl out of like on woods or something, <laughs> you know, or 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 what. But let's just say um, using the same spawn and exfil system that they have today. Um, conceivably ignoring the server lag and how many people there yeah. would be and whatever. Just imagine like a a, a normal 24-hour kind of time period where yep. you could spawn anywhere, all of the maps were connected, and you could exfil pretty much anywhere. So yeah. that would be kind of amazing for a oh. few different reasons. Yeah. Um one kind of touches on what I talked about last week, which was like reason to stay in a raid. Um, yeah. You know, right now, the way that the game is towards the end of a, of a wipe is, a, is effectively the meta is grab your juiced up stuff. You spawn in, you know where everybody is, you know, the timings of everything. You go to the same three places and you get out. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's just it. You hit the loot spots, you kill in the spawn and you get out. Um, that, in my opinion, can only go so far. Like it's only going to keep players addicted to Tarkov for so long. Yep. Even new players are going to come in and once they play enough, they're going to get to the point where it's like, I want something different, you know? Um, But now imagine if uh, you could spawn anywhere. Well, now it's almost like the, the kind of a little bit of the excitement um, that you get from a scav run where you're like, what's around? Yeah, what's there, been going on here? Are there dead bodies over there? Could there mm-hmm. be like a like scav boss over, like, you know, whatever? Um, I mean, that that would be really amazing because it completely gets rid of the, the meta and the flow because yep. now you are... So let, let me take a step back. One of the biggest things that Nikita kind of wants for the game, and it's sort of the reason why... Uh, you know, like gear score um, is, in my opinion, like a bad idea or matchmaking or whatever. Um, yeah. It's because, like, they want the game to be dynamic and random and exciting. And you never know what's going to be around the next corner. And you never know if you're going to run into a big ass squad or just like one guy. Yes. Um, Constant and, fear. Exactly. Constant fear. 
loot can be anywhere, danger can be anywhere, um, excitement and action can be anywhere. So fucking you know keep on guard and pay attention. Um, I mean, j just by virtue of having an open world, you have now made it so that you could spawn in, walk a hundred feet, and there could be imagine like a three band squad that just went through some shit. They just spent yes, four dude. hours, dude, four hours just surviving and, you know, whatever. And they're like all limping and one of them's got a fucking backpack full of stuff and they're just like coming in. You, you And you could get wiped by them or you could wipe them, right? Like, yeah. Um, but again, like you could come across anybody at any time. Um, it What it does is it also adds value to things like food and drinks and yep. CMS and, and serve uh, surgery kits and stims and needing to manage all of those things. Um, and absolutely. I, I completely agree that the whole point is that, and Nikita's made it very clear that dynamic feeling of, you never know what's going to happen. And five to 10 minutes into a raid, that's where that basically begins, especially for players that have been playing for a really long time. Because that's the thing, you spawn in to a raid. You know, you've got raid, you've got um, maps with the spawns are pretty rough. Like interchange or reserve is a good one. You can spawn in reserve, and if you watch Warren spawn into reserve, there's no fear for the first thirty seconds. He goes, "Oh, I'm here." That means I know someone's here, and he just catches them with their pants down. And that's like, he's not like cheating or anything. He just knows that map so well. Yep. But it doesn't matter how good your skill is. It doesn't matter how know how well you know the map. If you spawn into a, a place on reserve that's part of this giant map that is Tarkov. And that that instance has been live for nine hours. Who the who knows? Imagine what that does to a to a map like Factory. Imagine busting All the bodies. in the door. Yeah. Busting in the door, opening factory. Like, what's happened here? Like, what's going on? Is there are there dudes just like running through the top trying to get the loot in the safe? Is there has there been nobody in here for a few hours and there's just like scavs infested everywhere? Like it just turns everything on its head. I think when I think about when I think about open world, I can't not think about smoke. Have you ever like watched smoke play a lot of Tarkov? Smoke's the reason why I, st I started streaming. Ooh, that's incredible. I love he has it's 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 almost like he's playing a different game than me. And that's okay. Like I love that. But I mean he every chance he gets, he is in that raid until the five minute mark or less, yep. and it's just a completely different experience. And I, when I think about open world, I just think about dropping him into like an instance that just either lasts forever or maybe it like the instance resets every like twenty four hours. Once again, that's the technical side, but like he would just be in there for forever. He wouldn't. He wouldn't exfil, dude. He would just no. be like Bear Grylls, fucking yes, dude. Survivor He'd do 24 man. Hour streams. Where he would be in the thing the whole time. And I just like, when I think about that, I'm like, that feels like just the most immersive, exciting video game experience that I have, have ever heard of. It, it adds value to those things. It makes like the world a living, breathing better. world. Like, yeah. did you ever play any of the mods? Uh, did you ever play Skyrim? Yes. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I modded the hell out of Skyrim and I loved like having um, like your own like house. Uh, yeah, you know, in a cool place where you'd like open up the door, you'd walk out and like there would be just a, a bandit running by and or there would be yeah. like a bear, you know, or whatever. Just it was like a living, breathing world. 
that was always dynamic. There was always something happening. And it makes it so that you don't want to fast travel all over the place because there's always something to do between here and there. And that's effectively what we're doing now is we're just like fast traveling. We're in, we're out, we're in, we're out. Um, Yeah, I think I think it could be uh, could be amazing. And there's all sorts of cool stuff that that they could add that I haven't even thought of until now. You know, like if you were able to go before, you know, exfilling, um, if you were able to visit like the more places you could visit in one stretch, you know, you'd get bonuses. This almost reminds me of like Death Stranding level of like maybe you have to deliver things. Um, It would open up so much like and and then all the things we've talked about in previous episodes um being able to extract your loot without having to extract from the raid would be because a guy like smoke would he'd exfil nine million rubles worth of stuff and he wouldn't care and that would be the thing is like dying isn't it's not that it removes the fear of dying because you could still be on your way but it's like you could die two and a half hours into a raid and be like okay like man, I had that cool thing, but I still got some stuff out. Like that was so fun. I'm just excited to get back into it. We've talked about dynamic events, about bosses and raiders spawning. We've talked about airdrops. Just like imagine all that stuff. All these mechanics that they're building right now are the ways that they they push people together. So it's not just this resident sleeper walking simulator. You know what I mean? You see the the plane flying over, and you're like, oh, there's going to be a drop over there. I want to rush over there. But, who, but my but my energy is low, there. so let me let me make sure I get some food. Let me heal up. Yep. Let me prepare myself. I also need to repack my mags because you know, like now you don't just have to take two sixty round mags and you're good to kill twenty dudes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, <laughs> exactly. you're gonna have to think about weight a lot more. You're gonna have to think about what you're gonna take on your loadouts. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like in my opinion, the biggest outside of the technical, um, the technical issues around like just maintaining all that stuff and handling yeah. like you know the you'd have to figure out how the, the biggest, the biggest difficulties are going to be how to handle um, how loot is going to work because like, yeah, you can't have like a safe just every 30 seconds, like money pops back into it. Like, 100%. Um, I was thinking about that. But I mean, too, it's, yeah. I mean, that's no different in my opinion than like, uh, at least like fundamentally philosophically than like scav spawns. So I'm sure that the way they work, if you break it down is okay, it's time for scavs to spawn. Let's look at all of the places where players are. Let's allocate all of the zones where like nobody's within a hundred feet. That's where they're going to appear. I mean, you could do that with the loot and with like the bodies where like, obviously you can't, I mean, you spend 15 minutes in factory. I mean, the, the, the the bathroom (laughs) is just filled with bodies, right? Like, so there's gotta be, there's going to have to be limits. Um, yeah. Um, but, but, there's so there's so much that comes from it. Um, it, like I said, if you if you ignore, which is like a little hand wavy, but if you ignore the things like having to maintain all the server for you know server performance and all that stuff, I mean, yeah. just think about like you're now playing the game. If you're sitting there and you have three hours to play the game, you could basically play the game for three hours. Whereas right now, it's you're in the menu for an hour and a half and you're playing the At game least. for an hour and a half. Yeah, you know? so absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that could change the game and make it amazing. Uh, but it's a little bit wishful thinking, future land. But uh, it is. Yeah. It's a little bit, and and I and I, I think it's good to recognize that that we're you know what I mean. We're far, far away from that. But but at the same time, it's almost it's almost good to be reminded whether we ever arrive there. It's it's been made pretty clear that that's the vision that you know like you said like you said tar, uh, Nikita's been talking about open world for forever. Nikita talks constantly about. 
it's it's about dynamics. It's about not knowing what to expect. It's about constantly being in fear. So knowing that that's where we want to go is helpful, at least for me, because a lot of because we get into the cycle where every new thing that comes to the game is going to quote unquote break the game. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. weight system. People are like. You know, they're talking about how like it's it's I'm just punished now for getting loot and and I can see that perspective. Like that's not an invalid perspective because it does feel like that. It does feel like if I do really well and I've got all this loot here, then I can't, I'm not gonna be rewarded for it. But I think it's important to keep that almost like North Star, that vision of like, if this is what it's supposed to be, then now I understand all these breadcrumbs that are leading us there. But if it's just uh pull W PVP simulator, then each of these breadcrumbs are going to be frustrating. Yep. And so as, as wishful thinking as it is to think, yeah, just let's just hand wave away the server performance. I also think it's healthy to be reminded of like where they're taking this game, whether we arrive there fully or not. Yep, for sure. For sure. All right. So moving on to uh, the uh, favorite segment of literally nobody because it's about Reddit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Reddit on Reddit where we talk about, uh, you know, some of the things that are trending slash hot slash popular slash, you know, world ending uh, being discussed on Reddit. Uh, what, what you got for us this time around? So we'll start with a little uh, lowball one. Uh, I've seen this pop up on Reddit a few times. Uh, Recently, somebody posted a little video, and then I've been asked about it a lot, is uh, the face shields and how repairing them works. It's really convoluted because I feel like it happens to different people. But the post was basically like a video tutorial on how this is the way to repair your face shield. If you, if you, if first of all, if freaking proper lets you repair it, or whoever mechanic, then repair it. Then go into an offline raid. Then throw the helmet with the face shield on it on the floor. Then disconnect from the online raid. And then the cracks and the visor will be gone. Wait. I watched that video and I was like, what? I was like, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. So you've never, I, had, to, you've never had to do that. I well, I repair had it to, and it works. It's fixed. It's so, Sometimes I I have had times where I repair it and the crack is still in it. You're smoking that crack. Is, I I I'm I'll bet you a million fucking rubles that that has never happened. I okay, need video okay, proof. Okay, okay. Okay. Oh, I wasn't recording. Your dog before ate your we, homework. I got it. Mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. no, I'll do it again and I'll I'll send the video before. Well, because I I watched that video and I was like, I don't know about that. And I was like, if I were going to talk about this, then I'm going to decide. So as I was sitting here right before I loaded up Tarkov. I found a fast MT facial that was like 10 out of 40. I repaired it. And I went into my hideout because the visor thing and I saw the crack. I was like, interesting. I went into an offline raid. I still saw the crack after I repaired it. So I went into an offline raid, didn't do anything and exited the offline raid because I was like, does that fix it? It didn't. It still showed the crack in the hideout. I loaded back into an offline raid. The crack was still there. I just took it off my person and uh, put it back on. And when I got out, it was fixed. I'm going to, yeah. So I have, I have repaired a billion face shields yeah. and never once have had the issue. I mean, the, the, to but me, that's the, what's weird is that I saw the video and I only did that just to prove, to make sure I wasn't crazy because I repair face shields all the time too. And that hasn't happened to me. Maybe it has something to do with purchasing broken face shields that people don't understand because that's what I did. I didn't have any broken ones in my stash. So I bought one off the flea market, then repaired it. I'm, I mean, I'm going. I'm literally going to Reddit right now. I have to see this because I don't believe you. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, man, I wish I had the 
I saved it, yeah, but the, it's, uh, it's I, in there. I, I have a theory that uh, that somehow people think that they're repairing their shield, but they're not. Like they're right-clicking the helmet and hit repair or something dumb like that. Or this is some crazy bug that only happens to some people, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've but never had was, this issue before. That was before. part of what I was going to talk about. And the comments were filled with people who are like, that's literally never happened to me. I don't get why this guy does a thing. But then a yeah. bunch of people who are like, holy cow, thank you so much. You just saved my life. I mean, people still think that um, I actually had some guy that bet me. He's like, oh, I'll tier three subscribe to you if this is true. Um, where there was like a two piece thing where he would like one, he guaranteed he would like one tap me to a face shield with like PS ammo or something. <laughs> so like we went into a raid and he like hit me in the face shield like four times and I didn't die. Then it was like, Okay. Nice. And then after that, he was like, "All right, well now uh, that I basically lost one bet, now repair it, and I guarantee uh, it'll be it'll be broken still, like visually." And I repaired it, and it looked fucking brand new. The only problem is, is if like let's say it's if you have a forty out of forty face shield, if it takes a tiny bit of damage and it's thirty nine out of forty, you can't yeah. repair it. So yeah. it's it's just trash. There's nothing you can do, um, yeah, because you can't repair it unless it's been damaged more than uh, you know x percent or whatever the threshold is so yes. you're better off with a 20 out of 40 than you are with a 39 out of 40 that's the only thing that is remotely re remotely relevant um yeah i'm, I'm looking at this video and, and I'll, I'll i'll fucking edit this out but i'm trying to see let me turn the sound on okay so in raid obviously still got the crack as to be expected, what we're going to do is throw the helmet on the ground, leave the offline raid, and it should be fixed once we're back in our hideout and our next raid. So, so, we'll be back so what do you think? Raid, go into the hideout. Um, As you can see, the visor is... Uh, to me, this seems... Like, after watching the video, mm -hmm. it seems way, way, way more likely that it, this is a bug with the hideout. Because I never go in the fucking hideout, so I would never have seen this. Um, but the guy goes into the hideout, then he goes into offline mode, then he goes into hideout. I mean, these are all like just weird sort of edge cases. We know that the hideout yeah. and raids um, have all sorts of bugs around them. Like if you go into an offline raid and you're wearing uh, contacts, they don't register unless you take them off and put them back on again. Um, mm, I didn't know that was the thing. So that's, an, like, that's the exact flavor of thing that would cause this to happen. I guarantee yeah. if he had gone in there um, and rather than going to offline, if he had just gone in straight into an online raid with the crack, I bet you the crack would not have been there. I bet you. Oh, I bet you. Oh, he if, if he had repaired it and then just went straight into the offline raid. No, no, just no, no, straight into an online raid. Oh, an online raid. The only reason gotcha. why he thought it wasn't fixed and he thought he had to repair it is because he went into the hideout. Into the hideout. But if he just went yeah. into the into a raid it would have been fixed um my Man. guess is that when you go into a raid um it probably like does a proper uh reinitialization of all of your all of your yeah. gear that offline and the hideout don't do um but yeah i'm uh you might be right i think what, what what's weird is that like and maybe we should do like a poll to see how many people that this affects whether it's real or not but that's what's weird about it is that if if uh, visors get fixed if if it allows you to repair them and they get when it does they actually get fixed a hundred percent of the time 
how did so many people come to the conclusion that it doesn't work? Because it, because it never used to. That's the thing. Is that it's been a rumor forever. Um, it's similar to the the um, the sensitivity of the scopes. It worked, and then it was broken. And then mm. when they fixed it, nobody ever announced it. It was literally a month went by, and uh, Fluven was like, "Dude, you know they fixed those, right?" And I was like, "What?" And I went back and used the Burris, and it was fixed. I was still under the impression and telling everybody that it was broken. So you'd be surprised how people are like, "Wait, you just repair your face shield, but." But it's it's gonna have a crack in it. Like, no, dude, I've repaired eight billion face shields and never had a problem with it. Um, so most people, I think, just... I think you're probably right. Then that it's it's got to have something to do with the hideout. Uh, because I was when I saw that post, I was a hundred percent where you are. Where I'm like, no, this is dumb. I repair face shields all the time, and only because I didn't feel like waiting for the matching times, I tested it similar to how he did using an offline raid and using the hideout, and I was able to reproduce his exact issues. But that's what confused me. So yeah, I think you're right. I think it has to be hideout. Yeah, that's that's my that's my uh, my bet. I'm gonna I I <laughs> place down a wager that that was the the case. And um, if I'm able to see anybody reproduce it, um, I will uh, yeah. I'll pay you a million rubles in the game. Yeah, I was about to say. Well, there we go. Let's uh, let's 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 put it to like you know put it to bed. If you if you have if only if you have video proof, you know what I mean. Yeah, drop that shit in our Discord. Send it over um, in the Discord if you if you can have a face shield, prepare the face shield, go directly into an online raid without touching the hideout or the um, an offline raid. Yeah, in my Discord, I have a channel um, that I created called Pogcast Submissions. Um, so that's where oh. you guys can drop it. And, and speaking of, I, I recently cleared it out, um, but I wanted to give a quick shout out to to uh, Snake DST, who actually um, was was the only oh person. The only one to take my challenge. Uh, he's he's one of the guys that has actually edited uh, a few of my videos. Uh, really cool guy. But he did the the challenge um, with the offline mode scav horde. How many you could get in one raid? You got one hundred and thirty-two. That's wild. I've never. I gotten legitimately 100. thought he was lying. I was like, "There's no way." And then he you could show the clip, and I was like, "That's." Unreal. Yeah, insane. So good for him. Um, I'm going to be sending him some codes, get him and his buddies some uh, some access to the game temporarily. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe that'll get them addicted to it as well. 132. That's yeah. a buttload of fucking... I mean, that's a that's... lot of memory leaked is what that is. His computer that's... must have been like fucking Chernobyl <laughs> post-meltdown. Seriously, though. Loading, loading, <laughs> so the other the other reddit on reddit the other story we have this it will probably turn into something where we have to just make this an entire segment or something that we talk about but i thought it was interesting and uh just something that that gets thrown around all the time but it's flea market related and it was a post where the post was called how i made 15 million rubles without playing a raid um, and then, of course, my proposed solution. But basically, it was he—he's he, not talking about anything out of the ordinary, other than he purchased the 20-inch HK416 barrels because I don't think that there's a limit on them. Uh, because he was saying he would purchase potential. Uh, he said, "Yeah, 90 to 120 barrels per go." He cleared out his stash, and he would wait a few hours, and they would climb up in price to around 300,000 rubles. Uh, before we fired up the podcast, I checked and 
they because they sell from mechanic for like thirty nine thousand, and at the time they were at like sixty thousand. That could be because it had just reset and slash or this post flooded the market with people, or he just could have been straight up lying. Either Wait, way, so so he you purchased all of the ones from the traders is what you're saying. He would purchase about 90 to 100 because that's all he could fit in his stash. The, and then what, everybody mechanic. else would buy them out? Yeah, it's, it's one of those items that gets sold out immediately. Gotcha. Like the, okay. uh, you know what I mean? Like the new Ash 12 buffed ammo gets sold out in 30 seconds or less, which yeah. is frustrating. A bunch of stuff like that. So this just happens to be one of those items because HK416s are meta and the 20-inch barrel has 2% more recoil than the 16.5-inch barrel, by the way. I looked that up. It's a difference of 12 to... 10% or maybe 10 to 13, but it's wow. minimal. And uh, and so he would just fill it up, wait a few hours, and then sell. And he was just basically his his thoughts on the fact that um that you can you can do that. And uh I don't know, because because people talk, I know we you've talked about the flea market a lot. I know people talk about the flea market a lot. There's a lot of things out there. I don't think anybody, even Nikita, thinks that's like a perfect solution, you know, where we are. Um, but it's just interesting to see that kind of constantly happened. Like we all run into that every single time we log on and it's like, oh, I want to run this gun. Let me go buy some M80. Never mind. Let me go buy some M62 or 995 before it was 15 USD around. Um, and it's interesting because I don't feel like it. I think because I think something that people say all the time was like, well, that's that's the free market. You know what I mean? Like that's just how things go. That's what but the it's prices not, are. That's the but problem. Exactly. And it's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot more to it. Like the a real world economy is a lot more complicated than that. The big one being like <laughs> in five months, all of our bank accounts don't get deleted and we start over like stuff like that. Where well, I mean, like, not, not to mention, I mean, to, to, to me, the big one is if people are willing to pay 60,000, then, then fucking mechanic would charge 60,000. That's the problem is that like the whole quote dynamic market isn't dynamic at all. And no. it only, it, the only reason why um, people are able to do that is because the items get sold out, but mechanic would be a fucking imbecile if he didn't raise his price. Right. So yeah. like clearly the, the reason why this exists is because you can sell items you can basically buy them directly from the trader until there's no other way, either individual limit or like a global limit. No way for yeah. anybody to get a hold of them. And then now you get to set the price. Yeah. Um, that's That just doesn't happen in the real world. And mechanic yeah. would show up at your house with a tire iron and fuck up your <laughs> kneecaps if he found out you were doing that, right? Um, it's true. So, I mean, uh, they could easily fit it into the lore of the game to say you're not allowed to sell items that that are available for sale from traders you're not allowed to sell them on the flea market um yeah i mean so everybody basically says like they have to be found and raid items I mean, in my opinion the whole found and raid thing is a little bit like they could remove the found and raid thing because it's kind of convoluted um, given that like mm -hmm. if you find it on a PMC, it doesn't count, but that's only oh. because they don't want people to to yeah. just go in with their friends. But yeah. it's it's one of those kind of sideways, ass backwards ways of fixing a problem where it just makes more sense that um, you know, if you want a quest item to all the quest items should be like the golden pocket watch, so they're not even items that you can buy or sell. And then all the items that you buy at the traders uh cannot be sold on the flea market because you're basically competing with the 
the traders themselves. Um, yeah. You know, so and and they would not let you do that, right? Um, either that or they would instantly raise their prices and then you wouldn't be yeah. able to do it anymore. Um, because there's there's some point at which the barrels aren't worth it, right? Like if Mechanic oh, sold the barrel for 300,000 rubles, nobody would buy it. So then he'd sell it for 290 and nobody would buy it. Then he'd, he'd, There's yeah. obviously an, an economic equilibrium, right? Where the yes. supply and demand curves meet and that's the price of the, of the item. Um, it, Which is why I'm surprised they took out or uh, maybe it's not out. It just doesn't feel like exactly the dynamic pricing thing from the traders because that was in for a while. Well, they, Jaeger, yeah, the, the, up, T, yeah. the T7s got up to 14 million from Jaeger and people stopped buying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I, part of that is because people were able to collude and, you know, like, like when Pestily did that whole, um, he did that whole experiment where like, I, I don't yeah. remember what it was, if it was like Makarov bullets or something, but it, it was, was just like, yeah, made the price just ridiculously high. That's um, true. Because he got like, a, yeah, a band of people to wreck the economy. And then he could, he bought a million rounds for like, it was something like 40 rubles around and then sold them right back to Jaeger or whoever yeah. it was for. 700 rules around so that's true you're absolutely right and i know he wasn't doing that maliciously he's like he's like my job no. to break the game so they can fix it you know what i mean exactly so I, I get that it's interesting yeah but this could all be all i think the game would be better just overall um for a number of different reasons if they just said you can't sell stuff from the traders on the flea market um because then well, you wouldn't. what do you think about then like there are certain things that you can so like the ash 12 you can't buy unless you complete a complete a quest the M62, I believe, uh, 762 BP. These are all ammos that so the, are locked behind quests that are like uh, relatively endgame quests. Do you think that that's now that scarcity. we just use that to incentivize people to do quests? Well, you, you incentivize them to do quests, but then also, I mean, think about it this way. Um, if there's scarcity, then you kill somebody and you look in their magazine and they've got mm, 995 or be, like true. fucking mother load, but when like right now, after you get to level, you know, 10 or 15, you effectively have access to anything in the game. Everything, yeah. On day one. That's why, that's the the big negative of the flea market being completely open in the way it is now. Um, it just makes it so that, like, there's you're never excited to get anything. The only reason why you're ever excited yeah. to find something is because it needs to be found in raid, right? But that's, that's that was, that's there's no... There's no other benefit. There's no other excitement. It's just because I needed yeah. it for a quest. Whereas if they got rid of the whole found and raid thing altogether, and then you couldn't, um, and you couldn't buy it uh, from the from the flea market. The flea market. Well, then, then it comes down to being able to either trade with your friends, which I think that you should be able to do. Um, but then things are going to be much more rare. And when you come across, like you're going to have to really think: Am I? Do I want to take out? this fort armor because you can't buy it ever. It only spawns, you know, a tiny, tiny percentage of the time over in this place. Um, so it makes it a little bit more exciting. And yeah. either, in, in, in my opinion, if they did that, then they should also buff it. So that's a little bit better because you're still able to get one or two tapped by somebody. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to have a little bit of a benefit. I want to be a little bit tankier, a little bit slower, whatever, but like have it be a little bit better than it is now. Um, yeah. but then have them be super rare so that you won't run into fucking five man squads full of them all the time. And if you do, 
and you manage to kill them, well, now you've just got some of the rarest items in the game, not something that's just expensive for the sake of being expensive because everybody has infinite money. Now, people are going to, it's going to be more realistic. People aren't going to be printing money. They're going to, there's going to be value in items as opposed to every item is just a voucher for some ruble value that will give you yeah. a, an, an insta trade for the thing that you want that you can get anyway, you know? So I don't know. But, but you'd still be able to, so it would, it would help with like the supply of everything be lower because uh, under your, so, so you were saying get rid of the find and raid mechanic, nothing you can buy from traders. But if I do wipe the five man who all decided to go thick boy and run their forts and I get out, you know, two of them, one on me and one in my backpack, I can sell those on the flea market because I didn't purchase them from the trader, right? But it doesn't, the market won't get flooded with them because you can't just purchase them from the traders nonstop. Is that kind of uh, what you're saying? I guess it saying? depends. It, it depends. So, so something like Fort is a little bit different because it's a trade item, like a barter yeah, item. A barter. Um, I mean, I'd be fine with like things like that potentially being able to be sold. Um, but I mean, I, I would be fine if they got rid of a lot of things as barter items and they just made them spawn a little bit more in the world, but then made it so that you couldn't necessarily sell them. I don't know. It, there's, there's a bunch of different things they could yeah. do and tweak it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, like, you, you, again, you can get rid of the, the, the find and raid requirement. Um, yeah. if, if you made all of the, the quests be things you have to do and if they want you to collect an item or items, just make them non like the, the magical whatever fucking items yeah. like the golden pocket watch because then you don't have to worry about any of the inflation of the flea market, any of that other bullshit. Yeah. Um, but then also make it so that if there are items that you need to collect, um, then you can get rid of the found in raid because it's like you need to collect a bunch of shotguns. Give me some shotguns. Okay, well, you know, um, these shotguns can't be bought on the flea market if they're the like MP, you know, 133s because yeah. Prap or sells them. And and they can do that because the uh, I just helped a buddy do the quest. I think it's bullshit where you can't kill, you can't kill a scav. Yep. You know, like you have to complete this quest, you can't kill a scav. And what you have to do is you have to get a flash drive, find it in raid, and it always spawns if you're doing that quest. And then you have to plant it somewhere. And it looks exactly like when you like walk up to it, it looks like a flash drive. When you go to your little quest inventory, it's a, it's a flash it's the drive. same model, yeah. But this, yes, but this specific flash drive can't be, you can't lose it. You know, or like, you know what I mean? You can't sell it. It's not actually a part of your inventory. So, so they can, they can do stuff like that where they can make these gas analyzers go you know, into your quest inventory, not your personal inventory. And you know what it actually also does too? It gets rid of the issue of a, a lot of people say well, we want to fix hatchet runners by getting rid of the gamma. Well, that's a whole other thing that yeah, is, that's is a, not, <laughs> not going to happen. I don't want to get into now, but you can't gamma the golden pocket watch. Yeah. So now you've made it so that all the quests require survival. They don't require you just running, finding mm. a thing, gamming it, and then disconnecting. So now, again, there's just so much more value to surviving and extracting and um yeah. you know finding things and searching um yeah i mean these these are all things that uh that, that i think would would for sure improve the game and i i really wish that they would make make that change i think it would be uh it'd be fucking awesome yeah and it's not it's not hard to see how like how everything affects everything right this conversation started with like the flea market and how not to abuse it and we ended on like how to fundamentally change how people quest Yep. So it's so interesting how like 
it is as frustrating as it is, and as like we all have lots of opinions, and even our opinions probably aren't the right ones. It's 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 hard not to see how everything <laughs> how everything affects everything else, which makes it so hard to like develop or change. But I definitely agree that um, it de- it depends on your perspective. It's rough. It depends yeah. on your perspective because when you when you make proposals that are geared and focused on like the good fundamental smart game design, the pieces just naturally fit together. The yeah. UX flows, the story flows, all of these things make sense. As soon as you put a band-aid on something, well then Ugh. you need to put a band-aid over here and you need to put a yeah. band-aid over here. It was shitty quest design led to <laughs> found in raid, which led to um the prices of everything in the flea market go went up, which led to putting restrictions on the number of things that you could buy, which led to uh, people buying everything out and then Going in and yeah. dropping it for their friends, which then made it so that found in raid didn't count from your friends, which it's like band-aid after band-aid after band-aid. If you yeah. if you design something smart from the beginning, then it just works and it just makes sense. Which um, is why around a lot of these things, a lot of the issues that have like been around for a while, like flea market stuff, gammas, gaming stuff, to be honest with you, that's where I want Nikita to just like swing the hammer. Like I want him to just just do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Like I, I know that that I don't know. Like because I, I I understand that by me saying that he might do something that I don't like. But like exactly, we 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 alluded to this, or we touched on a little bit after the last episode where we were talking about how like he kind of not got boxed into a corner to like fix this, but it wasn't the problem to that because he didn't understand why that was a problem, but he did it to almost kind of like appease us. And and then everything ended up getting worse. And it's like, you know, the systems that go in place, you know, where you want this game to be, you know, the lore, you know, this, that's like, just swing the hammer, man, just do whatever you want to do. And I'm just along for the ride. (laughs) See, I'm, I'm half with you in that he, he totally has the right and he should do whatever it is that he wants to do. The problem is, is that I think that he knows what he wants, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know how to get That's there. True. That's true. <laughs> he does and he doesn't, but he doesn't play the game. So, yeah. And, and, yeah. and I'm not saying that to be like derogatory or, I mean, he's, no. the, he's straight up says he doesn't play the game. He, he, he just doesn't have fucking time. Yeah, you know? when does he have time to play? So, yeah. he, in my opinion, it's why we need to inform him. I think that if Nikita has the information and, and you're able to reason with him and get past the language barrier and whatever, he is a fucking smart guy who cares and he will listen. Yes. And um, it, it, the hard part is that He's got a thousand people screaming at him and 994 of them don't have any fucking idea what they're talking about and, and don't mm-hmm. understand the the engineering or the design or whatever. And I only understand part of it and I have one perspective on it. Um, yeah. you know, there are plenty of other content creators that have tons of other really good ideas. He needs to take it all in from everybody, from Reddit, from the content creators, from yeah. people that tweet at him or whatever. He should take it all in and he, you know... A, a, as long as he is able to hear it all and filter it all, I trust him. The problem is, is that he, it, he simply, it's impossible for one man to hear and filter yeah. all of the good shit, which is why I 
feel fortunate enough to have a, a big enough voice that I can open yeah. up our, the messaging app and say, I have an idea, you know, and he'll, and he'll hear it out. Um, Which that, that reminds me really quick, just as like a really quick aside, what do you think about this? I've heard this brought up. I think uh, Deadly Slob has talked about this a few times. So when you look at the landscape of like what Tarkov is, we talked a little bit about how like every month ish they're going to be doing some content for, for the while, which I think is great. We're going to get some new guns, some new calibers, some optimization stuff like that. But but in in the bigger sense of Tarkov, we're most likely not getting a wipe for months. You know what I mean? Who knows how the how all this is going to all the COVID stuff is going to affect it? We don't know. We but it's it's going to be a while, which means that. Game sales are going to go down. We're not going to have a lot of brand new players or something like that. Um, what do you think about just like they've talked about? Deadly Stop has talked about in like RuneScape where there's like a town hall thing where you can actually go in game and vote on things, changes, and then Ooh. the developers from the larger scale actually take what the community thinks. Weird. Like, okay. Yeah. So what do you think? Like Deadly Stop has talked a lot about like put something in the hideout towards the end of a wipe. Because we know that they can... I know it's more complicated than this, but they can flip a switch and it's just like, everyone's raiders now. You know what I mean? Like, And they've done small things where like they added the little find and raid tag. And those weren't like things that needed like months worth of development. Like, I would love it. If, the question like, is, does anything actually change there? Because right now, the biggest uh, one of the biggest criticisms, with there's some validity to it, um, but I would argue that... Well, we can talk about this another day, but effectively... Yeah. You have whether it's me or Pestily or Clean or whoever, whichever content creator streamer is crying, to, you know, today about the thing <laughs> that they end up having a change done at their whim. It would be the same thing, except now Cotton or Clean or me or Pestily would tell the community, "This is what I want," and uh, you know, granted, not the, the communities don't necessarily need to be unanimous about it, but yeah, yeah. it effectively becomes a a, a fucking political campaign where it's like everybody go vote for the thing that i want you know what i mean so yeah maybe i and i don't know how they do it in runescape but apparently they've been doing it for a while but like but i just love like for like a week everybody gets to vote on like what they think and at the end of the day nikita decides whether he wants to do but i'd love because i'd love like smaller towards the end of a wipe i love for like a week where i can't put anything in my gamma because every like just to like do it Let's just see how it is. And maybe yeah. the people who think that's a stupid idea will come to love it. Maybe the people who think it's the best idea in the world will come to realize it doesn't change anything. But it stops the yelling. Maybe not exclusively, but like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. It, because it, people yeah, are going to, people right. that don't want it are going to say they're going to do it and it's not going to be temporary and people are going to like it and the people that like it are going to be loud. Yeah, and, super and mad when it comes So away. now it's like, Oh, it's only going to be a week. Wink, 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 wink. And then now you've just snuck in the fucking thing into the bill and the Senate just passed it. Now we're fucked, right? So like, <laughs> You're right, you're right, um, you're right. There's, and that's the thing. There's no perfect solution, but it's... But that is right. interesting. I, I th there's a lot of cool shit that they could do with the community in the hideouts for sure. Yeah. Uh, it'd be cool if there's a leaderboard or... Uh, yeah, I, we, we yeah, we should think about some other things uh, that, we, that we could do for the hideout. That's something worth, worth putting in the, uh, the old grab bag. Yeah, for, for sure. sure, for sure. I don't improvements. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep track of that for next time. But I think <laughs> uh, I think we've uh, probably hit our uh, our limit here. We're uh, we're trying to keep them a little bit shorter because we could go on and on and on forever. If you want to check us out, um, you can find me at Jesse Kazam on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Discord, all the all the things. 
you could search Veritas, but you'd be better off just searching Jesse Kazam on all the platforms. <laughs> just trust me on that. Well, maybe, but we'll we'll leave that up to you. But thank you all so much for stopping by and checking this one out, and we will see you all in the next one. Peace. Baby, 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 baby,